We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, we are back after a long, long summer. Um, my name is, welcome to KFS Study Hall. My name is Sean with a W, and I am joined today by my partner in crime for Study Hall Season 1, Chris Persiani. Chris, how are you doing? I'm really excited, man, for what, for what you're about to say next. That's all. But it's great to be here. Uh, just get into that next statement, man, because I need the people to hear this. Absolutely. And the next statement is joining us this season for season wow. two of Study Hall. It's the one, the only Coney Island's finest. I just made that up. I don't know if you live in Coney Island. Mensa Smith. Mensa, welcome to the Study Hall crew. How are you? I'm doing great. Thank you for such a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful introduction. Quick correction. While I do live in Coney Island currently, I'm born and raised in the beautiful neighborhood of Bedford-Stuyvesant, Brooklyn, New York. So I just had to make a quick correction there, but I'm happy to join you guys. Happy to see what you guys did last year and just happy to continue to, you know, push the KFS brand forward and push the study hall thing forward. Absolutely. Well, we're glad to have you on the team, and especially because this means that uh, Chris and I will actually get some Saturdays to ourselves. So what we will do is there will be a rotation. So uh, why are you acting like I'm not going to be in here yelling anyway? <laughs> but okay, you, you okay? You yes, you might be, but now you can roll up here and yell at twelve thirty or one forty-five. Yo, maybe it's time to be maybe maybe it's time to be cool right now. <laughs> well so there will be a rotate there will be a rotation two of myself mentor or chris will be here every saturday which means one saturday you can get the week up one of us will be not be here or as chris says you have the opportunity to show up and just yell and scream and and, and throw a hot taste against the wall um that also means that this will probably be one of the few times where all of us aren't co-hosts uh the reason i chose mensa over chris as a co-host today is because mensa got here first and i'm always and i'm always a co-host because i make the rules so but going forward it'll i don't really need to be a co-host all the time but that's so we'll be coming to you um once the season starts on saturdays Probably around in the in the afternoon. We might do a two o'clock thing. We might do the new might do the noon thing. We are not gonna do eleven AM anymore. It's over for that. Um, but we will be here and we I'm looking forward to actually talking about real basketball. Not FIBA, not free agency, not the draft, not summer league. Real NBA basketball. And I think that's a good segue into our first topic for today's show, which is how did you spend your summer? I will let uh, the I'll let the the, the, the study hall rookie mentally lead us off and then we'll go to Chris. 
Mensa, how did you spend your summer from a, it could be from a basketball perspective, from a non-basketball perspective, but how did you spend your summer? So from a basketball perspective, I spent my summer convincing myself that what I saw from R.J. Barrett in the postseason was real. And I had those very thoughts validated by his FIBA play, which is interesting because depending on what side of the coin you, you know, you land on with R.J. Barrett, you would have been validated either way with the FIBA play. Um, But me personally, I took encouragement in it and I felt like the decision making got better. So that's really much of what I did. I was also very pleased with the Knicks not really making a major trade because before the offseason started, one of the things that I kept saying is that there were more wrong moves than right moves. And the Knicks didn't make any wrong moves in my estimation. The Obi Toppin, letting Obi Toppin go for two second round picks in the distant future can be perceived as a wrong move, but it's marginal. So I really don't want to dock the Knicks too much for the, the trade. However we feel about Obi Toppin's first three years, that's a different discussion. I'm talking specifically about the transaction here. So, um, yeah, I was encouraged with the New York Knicks offseason. I was encouraged with R.J. Barrett's offseason. I was encouraged with Jalen Brunson's FIBA play, by the way. Big FIBA moments from, um, from our Jalen Brunson. Not so much from Josh Hart, but he still looked good out there. Um, my summer, I didn't do much outside of celebrate our good – executive producer Andrew Claudio's wedding. That was a big moment. That was awesome. Um, Also went to another wedding. But other than that, I kind of stayed in town. Um, I work at a hotel, so I'm in hospitality. There's no real off-season in hospitality, so I just kept going. And I'm ready for the, you know, I'm ready to not think about other New York sports. I don't want to think about New York baseball. I definitely don't want to think about New York football. I'm ready for New York basketball. Mensa, what a way to lead us off, bro. (laughs) <laughs> Let's just start there. What a what an agenda pushing introduction. Like only Mensa, man. That's how you know this season of study hall is up because it's really three co-hosts now. It's really three members of Knicks Film School here just to talk Knicks with you all. Like it's really that simple. Even though Mensa was asked about his summer and not about the Knicks, guess what his summer <laughs> ended up being? The Knicks. About, you know, that's just who we are. <laughs> that's just who we are, man. That's why we're here. That's why we're here talking to y'all. Um, and we're always going to be here to talk to y'all. So, listen, my summer for me personally um, came out came out strong. Y'all were there. Next film school draft class. Y'all were there for that one. We pulled some great, great guests. And honestly, I could not believe the support you guys showed, given the fact that the team I was doing a draft show for didn't have a pick in a round that was the first or second. So <laughs> let's just start that, man. This is the best community we're with right now. This is the best fan base we're with right now. Reason being, I did a whole show about a team's draft strategy who did not have a single pick. And y'all were like, wait, but I could learn about basketball from this. Wait, I could learn about where these guys, you know, I could learn about these guys when they go to other teams. I want to know about the league. Y'all came along for the ride, and it was a great one. Season two of Draft Class was a success. After that, man, I was real busy with WFUV Sports here at Fordham University. Walking in the Bronx right now, back to my apartment. Sorry if you hear the cars. Um, And sorry to Andrew's ears in those headphones. Editing later. Listen, man. WFUV has been great. Um, Much to Mensa's chagrin. uh, I was given the Jets beat as well as, um, you know, some news that I'm sure you've intimated from my media day coverage that I'll be back on the Knicks beat this year. Um, So getting to do Mets-Jets games over the summer was fantastic. Also, highlight of my summer, I went to Atlanta. Went to Atlanta with my mom and dad. I'm an only child, so a little full family vacation. Just went for five days. We saw everything from Asia Wilson scoring 53 on the Dream to the aquarium and the Coca-Cola factory. Like, we saw it all. Um, And it was just such a nice trip with my family. I'm glad to hear that. Glad to hear that you had an amazing summer, um, and including a trip to Atlanta. Um, which have I been to Atlanta this year? I don't think so. While you um, think, let me drop this on our people too. Drop I've been it. calling volleyball games, man. I forgot to tell you yes. about that. I, I've been calling volleyball games. What's up, guys? Been calling volleyball games, play by play and color commentary, doing both roles, um, and having a blast. I did not have enough knowledge of that sport to call it before my first game, and now I'm like teaching the other kids how to how to understand the play. It's really fun to me. Um, and I'm having a blast, and it's all in preparation for a really big opportunity I'm going to be getting this winter, so stay tuned for that. 
Yes, congratulations to you. Uh, you've actually were calling games on ESPN Plus. I so big up to you. Very proud of you. Keep grinding. Keep putting the work in. Um, as love for me, <laughs> love you too. Listeners and co-hosts, love y'all. As for me, uh, let's see now. How did I spend my summer? I'll be honest. After once the Knicks got eliminated, uh, I just started to wind down. I still watch the playoffs. I watch the finals. And after the season, after the Nuggets won the title, I was like, you know what? Because this was my first full season. This was my first season as a part of Knicks Film School. And I was like, you know what? I need a break. And I honestly, like, I paid attention to the draft. But then again, we didn't really have a pick. Well, we didn't have our we didn't have our pick and the foolishness that Dallas pulled. We didn't have a first round pick. And then Summer League came and shout out to Chris. Chris and I did some uh, post-game Summer League games. And let me tell you something right now. Those days when Chris is on ESPN and I am on, um, you know, Fox Sports on Speak for Yourself at at midnight Eastern, 11 Pacific, um, I'm going to remember those days when me and him were in the basement on a Saturday night. Breaking down, Isaiah was if Isaiah Roby was going to be the backup four. Um, but yeah, man, after like after Knicks, after Knicks, after Knicks basketball ended and when summer league ended, I was like, I just unplugged. Uh, I think I was in one space after that all summer. Um, got to yell at uh, State and actually, me and Ari teamed up to yell at State. Then I teamed up with State to yell at Ari. Then someone else was like. Someone else said he had a bone to pick of Nick's film school. And I was like, oh, triggered already. Um, but that was it. Because honestly, this summer was very busy for me. Um, as some of you know, I went to four weddings this summer. Um, five, if you count the one that came from this weekend. And only one of them was in the state of New York. And that was that of Mr. Andrew Claudio. That was in Long Island. Then I had a wedding. My cousin got married in London. Then one of my close friends got married in Seattle the very next week. So I went from New York to London to New York to Seattle to New York in a span of about 10 days. And that was tiring. And I had another friend that got married in Philly Labor Day weekend, went there. And like I said, I just came back from Turks and Caicos for the final wedding. And I had never been there before. And that's a beautiful freaking island. It's expensive as hell, but it's all worth it. But I say that to say that is a humble brag, but um, I flew back yesterday and I did not land until 10.35 p.m., which means I didn't see a single minute of that game last night live. I tried to watch it this morning. I started watching it, and then I said, you know what, this is really preseason game one. And then I once I realized that none of the... Uh, None of the Celtics uh, start big start big six. We're going to be playing a minute. I said, you know what? I don't know how much attention I should play to this game, pay to this game. But luckily, my colleagues saw some of the game. And I would love to get a recap from y'all what, what your thoughts on the game was. I mean, as much as you can say, because it's freaking game one of the preseason against Boston's backups. But love to hear your thoughts on the game and then we will open up the floor to anyone's thoughts about the game and honestly anything you want to talk about so we'll go in reverse order this time we'll go to chris chris your thoughts on anything any takeaways from yesterday chris going once no i'm right here my bad it's all good it's free season for everybody yeah man um listen we're talking first game Against Boston, right? <laughs> right. Takeaways is what you want. Yeah. Yes. Take. Yeah. Okay. First game. Okay. Yeah. So we're talking first game against. Well, I didn't know. You know, maybe I missed the offseason note. I just want to make sure I cover everything. We're talking first game against Boston. Takeaways for me. Yeah. First any thing any noticed, thoughts? Any thoughts from that game? First thing I yesterday. noticed. First thing I noticed was Mitchell Robinson is in some gosh darn fantastic shape. That's something I noticed really quick. And I've been a public critic of Robinson before. Um, due to problems with his work ethic that have manifested themselves into public issues for the team that, you know, as someone who does see the business side of this a lot, I, I, I would understand, you know, being too much for a team. The Knicks hunkered down. They were like, hey, we're not trying to win a championship. Let's invest in this kid. It's paying off. He looks good. 
And he looks like a good center. And he looks like someone who's a top 10 center in the NBA can show that this season if he's healthy for a full season. That's a difference to me. And that's something that introduced itself to me last playoffs as like, oh, okay, this guy did show up in shape. He was ready for the playoffs. Um, That to me was a big wake-up moment. But now the precedent is set. Expectations are there. He didn't disappoint. That's great news. My second takeaway was, wow, this is the New York Knicks. I know this basketball team. I know them. My 2B thought was, so does everyone else. Everyone else knows this basketball team. So, you know, in my opinion, I do understand the concerns with um, running it back. But that second unit came in and I said, oh, wait, no, they don't. Dante is is a different player. This team is different. And it's not just different in, oh, we swapped Obi out for Torian Prince or what. No, nah, no. Nah. Like the Knicks fans can say, hey, we swapped out Obi for DiVincenzo, and now we can throw these different looks at teams. It's all about matchup versatility in the playoffs. Dante can defend and he can shoot. Those are two skills that keep him on the floor. Um, is he will he be someone who, in comparison to quickly and Grimes, makes it hard to take him off the floor? I do think so. I do think there will be games where he just has it going and he has 17 points and two assists, or like 13 points and five assists off the bench, and Tibbs is like, this guy's closing. Right. My thing is that all of this breeds healthy competition. All of it breeds competitive practice. All of it breeds good things. And it's going to lead to the Knicks finding new looks to throw at teams. I'd also really look out for, for a diversification of Brunson's shot profile. I, I don't think it'll change drastically. I do think we will get some more passing from him against good teams and we will get the scoring against poor ones. Um, you know, Mensa, you said he went out there and did whatever he wanted against Boston, so he got pulled. Like, yeah, like he's good to go. There's nothing, there's nothing to see. He just probably wanted to play real bad, you know. So, so he was indulged by Thibodeau. I, I just think, yeah, it's the same team, but it's different, and it's different in a playoff context. You know, regular season maybe Ob for DiVincenzo isn't something to write home about. In a playoff context, I think it can matter. Um, and re- bringing back Hart matters. Thank you for that lovely recap, uh, Mr. Chris Percy Einan. Um I actually noticed that too. Like Mitch just came. Mitch, Mitch is in midseason form already. Um, I think in the beginning, uh, Mike Breen pointed out that he was the best offensive rebound in the league. I did see some takes thrown around about defensive player of the year. I was like, slow down. Um, or all defense or all NBA defense, which uh, now with the new rules, I think that's damn near impossible for a center unless you're unless your name is like Jokic or Embiid. Um, going to the days of guys like um, Rudy Gobert and DeAndre Jordan winning, um, making all NBA first team, making all NBA first team, but you know, such is life. Mensa, your thoughts on the game before we open up to the audience. Yeah, um, I was very encouraged by pretty much everything I saw. We saw it started off with Jalen Brunson literally doing whatever he wanted. It, <laughs> nothing mattered. It was just Jalen Brunson being Jalen Brunson. For I think he played what five minutes and thirty seconds and had ten points. They could not stop him. He was playing in the post like it was amazing to see. It was very refreshing to watch Jalen Brunson be unstoppable because that's exactly what you want to see when he's playing against another team's B team. You don't want to see, oh, this guy, this random dude is giving him trouble. So that was great. Um, R.J. Barrett's process was excellent last night. I had a tweet. Um, number nine was nine for nine from the free throw line. Um, I pulled out my, you know, my Walt Clyde Frazier there. But I was really, that was the most encouraging development I could have seen in any preseason game this preseason or any other preseason to watch RJ Barrett shoot nine free throws and make nine free throws. I know it sounds like, Oh, this is a guy that we're supposed to be high on. And the bar is low if he's making nine free throws in a game. But for me, that's major. I don't need him to go hundred percent from the line. Just give me 80, give me 80% from the line, hit your open threes. And we're now talking about a high level basketball player. It's the, the game is right there for RJ. And that's always going to be that's going to be my take consistently is that being a productive NBA basketball player for this young player specifically is right there. It's just different decision making and a little more consistency shooting open jumpers or open free throws. Right. Um, I love the way Mitchell Robinson looked in the beginning. I felt he was looking heavy and I was like, nah, he's just 
he's just big now. And it was it was really fun to watch him in midseason form. I like Chris have often been a Mitchell Robinson detractor just because it's kinda hard to win when you don't have much of an offensive skill set. And this is a team that doesn't necessarily value Mitchell Robinson as the vertical floor spacer that he is because, like, we don't throw that many lobs. We're not really the transition team as much as you would expect for a team with such a high-flying threat in Mitchell Robinson. But I think this is the year, year six, that Mitchell Robinson will reintroduce himself or introduce himself to the NBA. I know us as Knicks fans, we know what he's capable of in the um, as a defender, as a rebounder, the game's best rebounder – I'm sorry, game's best offensive rebounder absolutely made – Jared Allen looked like a child in the playoffs last year. But I think this year we're going to see a consistent Mitch and we're going to see a Mitchell Robinson. They garner some all-defense because you're starting to see this team gel and take off. Like, the gelling of the team is, in my opinion, it's going to make Quentin Grimes a better player. It's going to make R.J. Barrett a better player. It's going to make Julius Randle a better player. And I'm going to get to him in a second because I thought he was great too. It's going to make Jalen Brunson a better player and Mitchell Robinson. Now, Julius Randle, again, this is preseason, so we can't look too much into anything. But from what I saw from Julius, personally, I saw a more patient basketball player in the post, right? I thought that the, he did a – like, he caught the ball and he had it on the, on the right baseline. I'm pretty sure everybody knows what play I'm talking about. Has it on the right baseline, goes to a jab, posts the guy up, and does like a Jalen Brunson-esque up and under and – Boy, oh boy, did that get me out of my chair. Because that's what you want from Julius. You don't want Julius to be... I mean, look, and Julius, when he's a rip-and-go basketball player, is great. But as he's evolving, as he's getting older, you want to see him have more half-court command. And that one play there, again, it's just a small play. These are preseason overreactions. But that one play gave me encouragement for what I believe is more to come as a better half-court presence in Julius Randle. Emmanuel quickly looked great. We saw some really good stuff from Quentin Grimes hitting the sidestep three. Uh, saw some really good passes from him and DiVincenzo. It just looks like a team that, to me, is ready to play high-level basketball from game one. And I think who have more talent than us, yes, but that talent's going to have to take some time to gel. And we saw last it's going to be this team hitting the ground running, giving everybody the best shot from game one. And God spare health. Let's see if these guys can stay healthy. And this has been a relatively healthy group compared to some other teams. I think that the New York Knicks are going to – I think game one of this team's playoffs will be a home game. Well said, Mensa. Well said. Um, there was something that you said I wanted to touch on. Um, and I don't remember what it is, but I'm sure it'll come back to me. So in the meantime, I will now throw to my favorite Knicks fans, my favorite analytically driven Knicks fan, the man who told me in a recorded space that he doesn't know ball, but he still watches anyway. And I appreciate his honesty. And that man is Mr. Kevin Danishevsky. Kevin, welcome to KFS Study Hall. How the hell are you? And Andrew is going to kill you because of this background noise. I'm telling you this right yeah, now. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm also on a bus. Um, and I just got a bunch of looks. Um, so I'm going to... So if you can hear me, let if you can't hear me, just let me know. Um, because I'm going to... You actually sound really you sound, good. You sound so go right ahead. the best you may ever have. All right. Awesome. Awesome. And yeah, I apologize. So one thing that I took out of last night was that Jericho Sims cannot play the four. Jeff Rasmussen had a really good thread about it. Um, The spacing issues that it created were problematic. And Jericho is also just not a good defender at the four. Um, I like Jericho Sims. I think he can be really good. And I don't mind Tibbs trying it out. Um, I kind of wish that he had tried something else out um, that was not that would have that could have actually paid dividends. I hear you. Um, I also think I also do think whether it's front office mandated or from Thibodeau. And I really would believe if, if I was told it's Thibodeau's idea, I'd be like, yeah, that sounds like him. 
he is on. He has a track record of giving everyone a shot. Oh yeah, and I and, shot, and that that to me is something that you know I have written. I wrote an article before last season. Three things that Tom Thibodeau needs to do to call his season with the Knicks successful, right? And and I thought all three of them were very fair. One of them had an A and a B. He did two and a half out of three, right? One of the, right. one of the A. He got the A and not the B. He did one and he did three. Like th- this is a guy who who for where this team is at, I I have come around on to an extent where I really do think he's doing fine. Um, I also think that's because the Knicks got Jalen Brunson and they got good fast. Uh, I I do think that it's like fine for people to have doubted him at first with where this team was at without someone with the star power of a Brunson. But yeah, like he does give everything a shot. So, you know, you probably will see, you probably will see something else get a look, you know, maybe he um, rewards a a Jeffries or a a Toppin Jacob with, with backup four minutes, like legit, you know, like some, some, or like not Jeffries, Roby. He like actually tries Roby. Whatever it is, um, it's gonna, it's probably gonna get looked at. So you know, it'll be interesting. The only issue being is that I think that with Roby and Toppin, they're like the upside is that it can work. The upside is higher because I think that like there is, it's probably not gonna work at first with either of them. But if they're the third string four there's a chance that maybe they develop into um, a capable four in a couple of years. Um, I don't think Jericho Sims has a ceiling as a capable four. I think Jericho Sims can be a capable five. Um, And again, I don't really mind trying it out, but I think it would just serve as a friendly reminder as to why I think it can't work. Um, And something else I took away from the game last night, too, was that um, I think that the only circumstance that the Knicks should trade Emmanuel quickly is for a superstar, um, is in that final iteration of the trade. Because I, John responded to my super chat comment and said something like, you know, well, I don't think he will be on the final iteration of this roster, but, I, you know, I'm also really high on quickly too. And I agree with that, but I also don't want to go around then. I'm pro-trading for OG Ananobi generally. I've been pretty vocal that I would treat if the package was R- just RJ for OG Ananobi, and uh, I would do it. Um, and then Mensa and I have disagreed about that in the past. Um, and, um, yeah. Uh, and uh, But I would not trade... I would not trade Emmanuel quickly straight up. Or maybe I would do it just straight up for, for um, OG Ananobi, but I would not do... Um, I I would not do it otherwise. I hit Manuel quickly is awesome. I think he's going to be a star. Um, I feel like, and this is this is about to. I'm about to spew some heresy from the uh, Quentin Grimes fan club, and maybe maybe I'll need my membership card revoked. But I'm higher on Emmanuel quickly than I am on Quentin Grimes, and y'all know how how high I am on Quentin Grimes. Um, I think Emmanuel quickly is just anal- is analytically sound. I rewatched, um, which was incredible. Just about like you know watching rewatching the playoffs was is watching how bad quickly was on offense, and yet noting the impact that he made. That he made um, specifically when I went back and wa- rewatched Game Four, just all the digs that he made, the, the, the hedges and recovers that he made. Um, and I'm probably getting that term wrong because I don't know ball. Um, but um, yeah, I'm really, really super, super high on Emmanuel quickly. And last night affirmed that. In terms of what I did this summer, um, I just spent it not knowing ball, I guess. Um, and watching ball, and for some reason I like watching something I don't know about. Um, so yeah, um, I know I went to I went down to DC and I went to Baltimore. I went to a bunch of Phil went to Philly. Had a nice time and uh, looking forward to uh, looking love this community and uh, looking forward to uh, reengaging with y'all. Thanks, Kev. Thanks, Kev. Appreciate you. And I say you don't know ball tongue in cheek because of what you said. And we, actually, I lied. I know. I, I know. there there were two spaces that we hosted that I hosted discussing Knicks. One of them was, well, one I hosted, one I joined, but one of them, we actually had a really good conversation 
Um, Kevin and I with XJ about the eye test versus uh, numbers and analytics and what have you. And it was really, really interesting to see how, because everyone, you know, the, the eye test people just, a lot of eye test people just dismiss analytics. A lot of analytics people dismiss the eye test. Um, but it was good to have a conversation about like what we look for in, because at the end of the day, it's all information and we should not be in the, in the business of dismissing information. Sean, can I say something, one thing really quickly about that that I was thinking about is recently I was having a conversation about um, about Derrick Rose last year. And I watched enough Derrick Rose um, to know that like he was really bad. And uh, I know he had a good first preseason game, but I it will in, until proven otherwise, I think Derrick Rose is cooked. And I was having a conversation with someone where it was just like, okay, well, I don't want to talk about it in... In, in, in analytical terms. So I'm specifically trying to have the conversation in terms of the eye test with a, with a lot of his shots coming up short with his legs looking out. And then, well, they responded was like, no, I disagree. Like this is, and, and, and not with like clips or anything. It was just like, I disagree. And it's like, I, I think like the discourse to like be a little pretentious, the discourse is like, a, is interminable around I test because as XJ said, like we're all we all have our specific preferences and our specific biases, and w- you could definitely, as you mentioned, you can like utilize numbers to affirm your biases too. But at least you have to like make a case and make an argument for it. Whereas like I think we kind of get into that to that space sometimes with 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 with, uh, with the eye test where we're just like no one is all over. No, you're right. Um, that does. So I I feel as if. To your point, and then we'll get to I ninety five bully that we um, and if um, I don't know if Mensa or Chris want to jump in, they can. But um, we all have our biases, and you know, like I saw my man tape. Shout out to him. He had tweeted because Car Anthony Towns was asked about like you know like will you go down as the best shooting big man of all time? He said men lie, women lie, numbers don't. And tape uh, quote tweeted it and said that. what did he say? What did he say? He said, oh, he said um, basketball is the only game where numbers do lie. And I replied and I said, numbers lie in every sport because every single sport, there's an, you can use numbers to make somebody appear better than somebody else. Whether it's, well, he threw this much passing yards, he threw this many touchdowns, or he, or his war was this, or his babip was that, or or his in soccer his xg or da, da, da. so you can do that in every any sport so i like i said i use the eye test i use i use analytics because it's all information and we can't be um excluding information we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Um, all right, let's jump to I-95 Bully. Bully, good to talk to you again. Welcome back to Study Hall. Uh, you could tell us how you spent your summer. You could tell us what you thought about the game. You could tell us what you thought about Nick's Twitter. You could tell us anything you want. Um, the floor is yours, my brother. Anybody that puts too much thought into Nick's Twitter, they, they have an issue. So I'm not even going to uh, touch that that stuff. Um as far as the game, and I have um, a few comments, I kind of want to know if um, you guys agree with me, if you guys think I'm off base. Um, some things that I, I saw that stood out was, you know, like Isaiah Hartenstein. Now, I noticed he had the ball a lot at the top of the top of the key, three-point line, 
free throw line extended, and he wasn't looking to um, get rid of the ball. He was actually looking to play make. So that was one thing that, that stood out to me. And then, you know, we had RJ. He missed some shots, but looks like he was passing out of shots. That was good to see. So it kind of seems like his decision-making um, from, like, the playoffs and FIBA is probably going to cross over um, into the regular season. And then, you know, with, with quickly, I mean, it was interesting because if you go back to that that Miami series, you know, even the Cleveland series, like his three ball, it just wasn't falling, but he was using like the mid range and like close to the basket as like his fallback plan. And you kind of saw that um, yesterday where the three ball wasn't falling. He was like 0 for 2 in the first half, but he started getting busy. I mean, the mid range and, and close to the basket and some of the mid range he hit. Um, they were contested, so that that was good to see. I think that's like a good like fallback plane, like that that floater range for him. And then you know, like with Randall, you know, I thought it was it was interesting that he didn't take a shot in the first like six minutes of the the first quarter. And I know it's just a preseason game, but that's kind of like the opposite of you know what he did um, last season, where the first quarter he was just taken off. But it kind of seemed like he was just kind of filling it out, you know, letting the guys get get their shots going. And and you saw that the first six minutes, you know, it was Jalen Brunson's show, then it was RJ. And it's kind of how they started the season last year where, you know, RJ was getting the bulk of the shots to start the season. And, um, and just a question that I have for you guys or, or anyone could answer, you know, whenever we talk about this team taking a leap, you know, we always mention, you know, the same um, – guys, you know, Grimes, you know, RJ. But what what does a, a leap look like for Grimes, knowing that he may not have the usage? But what does a leap for Grimes look like, I mean, in your opinion? And shout out to Mensa. That's my guy. Shout out to you too, Sean, and my boy Chris. Shout out to you as well. Thank um, you, man. Thanks for this question. Uh, Mensa, uh, Chris, uh, you want to, like, what does a, what does, a, and you know what we should ask Kevin too, because he, you know, Kevin is the, uh, founder of the Grimes side. What does a leap look like for Grimes? Well, let me just say, shout out to my guy, I-95 Bully. I jumped on his space this summer. It was a great space. Uh, shout out to uh, Rhino Ray. A couple of really good guys was in there. Um, and somebody's name who I won't say because it's too posish. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Um, a leap for Quentin Grimes, to me, it looks like more – off-ball shooting, like, in order for, in, in my opinion, because Quentin Grimes is kind of like the fourth option in that starting five, a leap for him kind of has to happen from Tom Thibodeau where he's engineering more touches for him. Like, Quentin Grimes, first play of the game, we're running him off-ball, he's getting a wide-open screen, a wide-open shot off, off a down screen, like, that kind of stuff. And then what he can do out of those opportunities because... I like his speed, and a lot of times when I was watching Quentin Grimes last year, I felt like if he was, like, a half step slower, this kid would be unstoppable, you know? And I feel like I want to see the game slow down for him. I know that's not the most analytic, analytical answer or anything like that, but there would be times where Quentin Grimes would just go too fast, and, like, if you just let the defense, like, make a mistake – you could have had an open layup or you could have had an open three or this may not have been a turnover. Um, so I, that's what I want to see from Quentin Grimes because the, the opportunities are there for him. He's going to be playing off of two guys that are going to command a ton of attention most of the time in Jalen Brunson and Julius Randle. And now with from the past couple games we're seeing of R.J. Barrett, like when last seen, R.J. Barrett is leveraging his driving ability to get open looks for other guys. So I just need Quentin Grimes. I just need that game to slow down for him. I know uh, Fred Katz, he said that Quentin Grimes has 40% shooting form, and I 100% agree with that. But he needs to trust the form and not be so, like, sped up. You know, sometimes I feel like Quentin Grimes can just, like, just, like take a hit of some weed before the game, mellow out, and let's see what you look like then. So, yeah, I think that's what a leap for Quentin Grimes would look like is just letting that game slow down and letting those those same opportunities that were there for him last year, let's see him really flourish in those opportunities, which is a lot to say for a guy who was over 600 in true shooting percentage. But I think there's there's even more um, – I think there's even more meat on the bone for him. Can I ask you a question, Mensa? Is that all right? Of course. 
So like I I got I I get the whole like he needs to slow down thing. Um, but one thing that I I kind of like a little pushback on it is you know like when he's getting the ball, you know he's he's usually not getting the ball early in the shot clock and mm. he's, the defense is on him like white on rice. So he doesn't like he has to play quick, but he needs to slow down. So like I, I don't know like what the middle ground is because if you know usually. You know he he's shadowing you know uh, Randall, so on that weak side. So if Randall has the ball and the defense is closing out on him quick, you know he kind of has to make like quick decisions. So I, I don't know how he slows down or what does that look like for him. Yeah, I, it's not that I want him to play. Like it's weird because yeah, I want him to play slower, but I don't want him to play slower. I see exactly what you're saying with this like this weird middle ground. Because there were just times where it's like, I yeah, of course, catch and go, be decisive. But, okay, this is, like, I like the decisive energy, but there are times when he's not being decisive as much as he's playing rushed. You know, and I get it. Like, he's getting the ball late in the clock. If he doesn't, if he doesn't make it happen, you know, hell hath no fury like an angry Tibbs. Like, all these things. I completely understand everything like that. But with Tom Tibbs, but, like, with, with Quentin Grimes specifically, I want to see him – just, I don't know how to like really describe it other than I need him to be like a half step slower. Um, and then I think from there, if he's a half step slower, then Thibodeau will trust him with more opportunities. You might see him get more looks with the second unit and like him and quickly can play off of each other. There's so much talent and there are so many different um, iterations of what this team could look like. What There's so many different iterations of this team as a good team, like you can see uh, some Quentin Grimes off ball action. You can see some RJ Barrett second unit stuff. Like there's so much, there's so many opportunities there for this team. And I think one of them would come if Quentin Grimes would have just played like just again, just a touch slower, just a half step slower. Let's be decisive, but not play rushed. Kevin. Yeah. Just, uh, just uh, so, so I, 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 I agree that like the, he, Grimes needs to Grimes needs to uh, sometimes slow, slow down, whatever. But I think like one question that I had to Mensa, um, and sometimes I like I, there was a stretch last year where Grimes's defense kind of sagged off, and if you look at the impact metrics, he didn't necessarily have while he was amazing on ball, he didn't necessarily have the off ball impact of like a quickly. So and obviously he's playing so much of the time time playing on ball. And I wonder what he can do um, to both increase uh, his efficiency, to his defensive efficiency on ball, um, and what, and, and if you see anything there. And, th- and for me, what I see is like kind of a similar thing to offense. Like sometimes I think like we love the fact that Quentin Grimes and Jason McBride go out there and 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 uh, and are super aggressive. And I would argue that changed the next season last year. You went from like Evan for. Evan Fournier and always com- we're always complaining about them. Why are they playing drop? Why are they playing drop? And then all of a sudden, Grimes and McGrider are, are in are in everybody's spots. But um, I wonder if there's also kind of a balance to be struck on defense. And I also am excited to see a little bit, even though more off ball creation. Um, I don't look. I I am still the crazy person who thinks that Quentin Grimes is an all star ceiling. I don't know if it comes in the next couple of years, and especially with uh, Julius Randle here, and maybe eventually, you know, it'll be just Jalen Brunson and a star. But um, yeah, I'm super. I'm super. I'm super excited about Grimes, obviously. And to answer your question, bully, about how can he like moving too fast. I remember there was a couple of times where um, he would get the ball in the wing and they would be, he was, it was almost like he was trying to anticipate the rotation that the Divas would make. So he'd get the ball in the wing and then he'd immediately drive into the lane. And if he had just waited a half second longer, the space that he would have, the space that he wanted to, what it's almost like he beat the defense. To, it's almost like he beat the defense to the spot. So that's the that's the thing I think I've seen where he has to slow down a bit. It's like, all right, 
you know, and that's and that comes with times like, all right, you and and from watching film, it's like, all right, you know this defense, they're gonna make this rotation and get the ball. This is when you drive versus this is when you take pull up the shot. And then obviously, like sometimes you get the ball, and as soon as the ball is in his hand, he's out of his hands because again, it's his job to shoot. He has to shoot when he's open. If he does, if he hesitates, you know, Tibbs is gonna, you know, not probably rip him. I mean, rightfully so. So again, he's a, this is his third year. Um I'm done trying to predict when players are going to make the leap because we all know it's like, oh, second year is going to make the leap. Third year is going to make the leap. It's year four. He's going to make the leap. Um, But I do think I agree that he does have 40% shooting. He has 40% shooting there. Um, So I think the other way I can see him make a leap is I wonder if Tibbs may stagger him with more bench units because the leap for him to make – is to get summer league Grimes or rising stars, rising stars game Grimes, where he has a ball in his hand. Is that allowed to do a couple of things? Now, I'm clearly playing against summer league guys and playing in the rising stars exhibition. It's not like, oh, this, uh, oh, well, he bust um, Scotty Barnes' ass in the exhibition where he was probably hung over, so he should have the ball in his hands more. No, that's not what I'm saying. But we all remember. Quentin Grimes was a point guard. Was a point guard in high school. He was a top combo guard in the country. So obviously, there's some ball handling skills there. Uh, maybe he gets more run of the second unit. Although I don't know who that how that's necessarily going to work with you know because usually you see RJ run of the second unit more often. He has and he has more and he, he'll have more playmaking. So I think for this year for Grimes to take the leap is if he's a if he's a forty percent three point shooter and. He's shooting off a of movement, and we know he's he was practicing with JJ Reddit. He was training with JJ Reddit this summer. If he's moving like, if he's doing that, then that unlocks a lot. So, all right, we got like twelve minutes left because we're gonna wrap up at seven thirty Eastern. If anyone else wants to speak, you can come up, raise your hand. We'll, you know, you can let us know again about the game last night, what you think about what's gonna happen this this year, um, how you spent your summer. I saw Robert Cross in there. Let me tell this story. I'm going to tell this story right now. Robert Cross has been in my DMs all summer begging for study hall. All summer. All summer. He's like, hey, are we going to have, like, sometimes on the timeline, but sometimes in the DMs, like, hey, are you and a young upstart going to, and I'm like, what is there to talk about? <laughs> it's August 3rd. What am I going to talk about? And I, so, uh, and now, summer, and now study hall is back. And where is he? I saw him in here earlier, but then again, he is in the West Coast. So it's uh, probably four, it's 419 on, on the West Coast. So maybe he didn't have time to stick around. Um, but I, Chris Mensa, anything else you want to discuss in these last 11 minutes before we get out of here? Anything on your mind? Um, If you want to do preseason predictions, uh, after the like before the first regular season game, understood. But I would also do them now for like over under so, Vegas number and uh, maybe like seed. So I have so I listened to you know what's funny? I listened to the Bill Simmons over under pod, um, but I have not ready to ne- necessarily make them all just yet. But with that being said, here are two predictions that I here are two predictions that I have. I feel like Cleveland's gonna be the one seed. Mm, interesting. I think I do not think that a team that has to depend on Kristaps Porzingis and Al Horford at the five for an eighty-two game season is going to hold up because I'm going to remind everybody Al Horford played in the 2006 NCAA national championship game. And listen, he's great, but come on. And Kristaps, like I saw people going nuts about this. him yesterday. like, Oh my God, the league is over. I'm like, are we doing this again? So the one, so the one, the one, I, the one uh, prediction I'm ready to make now, well, two predictions I'm ready to make now. I can see Cleveland being the one seed, and anyone who thinks the Knicks are not going to be the one of the six best teams in the Eastern Conference is smoking crack. Like, 
if there's anything this team has shown you is that they like again they're uh, under Tom Thibodeau who gets all sorts of crap and Lord knows he deserves some of it he deserves a lot of it the worst season this guy's had is 37 and 45 that like that's the floor and that is with his best player pissing down his leg every single night and 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 a Kemba Walker Evan Fournier backcourt 37 wins so anyone who thinks this team ain't gonna be in the top six you're crazy um so that's the one prediction I'm prepared to make. Chris, what do you what do you want to throw out there? It's uh 47 and a half is the line, right? I thought I heard 46. Uh actually I think I heard I might have heard like 44 someplace. Oh, uh, no, that's I'll right. Have to go, it I'll have is to go 44 and a half and I think they win like 47. So, what about 53? That is saved for a very special person. Um, the line is 44 and a half. I'm going to go over. I'm going to go like 2.5 imaginary units on that. Um, I think this team is unfortunately just the way the NBA goes. Like they may deal with a tough injury. Um, you know, I also think that uh, because they, you know, they haven't really in years past. Um, not to speak that into the world, just. Just you know, trying to look at this as analytically as possible. We're literally just as analytically numbers wise as possible. Um, and I also think that they can hold up. So I would say like I wouldn't go as aggressive as being like, oh, this team played at this rate after getting hurt, so they're going to be even better this year. They're going to be just as good. I would say that they will be able to survive a, t- a tough injury of sorts um, and pull out 47, 48. Somewhere around there. So I'll say this, but Mesa, do you have any predictions you want to throw out there, or you're just gonna you're gonna be be diligent and wait and, and wait until you get more information? Oh no, I'm standing on business right about now. Um, the New York Knicks are gonna win the Atlantic Division this year. Uh, a lot like you, I look. I like I go back and forth on this like hourly. I think the Celtics might win the championship. I also think they might struggle to win 50 because of that health, and they're not the deepest team in basketball. But um, one thing I know about the Knicks is this team is going to finally hit the ground running. I don't think this, I don't think this Knicks team has ever hit the ground running under Tom Thibodeau. Um, I think this is the year they finally actually get started no nonsense, and I think that is going to give us um, a lead over a Boston team that's still going to be figuring it out and a Philadelphia team that will not figure it out this year. I think the New York Knicks are going to win the Atlantic Division, and I have them at 53 wins. Yeah, shout out to Robert Cross. Having them winning 53 games this year. I just don't see. So the thing about the Knicks is last year they had two players in their rotation Going into the playoffs, I should say, they had two rotation players who just weren't good NBA players in terms of production. One of them was Obi Toppin, who was replaced by Dante DiVincenzo, and the other is R.J. Barrett, who I am a staunch believer in, and I believe he has turned a corner as far as his decision-making has gone. I do not think the New York Knicks have a bad player in their rotation. Go up and down the NBA. Go up and down teams in the Eastern Conference the Knicks may be the only one you can say that about. Zero bad players. I think that continuity is akin to what we saw from the the 2019-2020 um, Toronto Raptors, where they were just one through nine. They were just able to throw look after look at you. And even though they had no quote-unquote superstar, they had a guy named Kyle Lowry and a guy named Pascal Siakam, and that's all they really needed as far as like players to gel around. So... I think the Knicks are going to be just as good as that team was. Maybe not the same. I think they won 57 wins or something like that. They were a really good team that year. But I do think that the Knicks are going to win the Atlantic Division. And that is all the business I'm getting ready to stand on. I think Jalen Brunson, all-NBA caliber year. I think Julius Randle will maintain his production. I think R.J. Barrett is going to take a step forward and have his best season yet. Same thing for a guy like Emmanuel Quickly. Same thing for a guy like Quentin Grimes. Same thing for DiVincenzo. I think this team is going to be so good. And the last thing I want to say about that is, who cares if this team does not win a championship? 
I want to be clear. We as Knicks fans have had so many bad teams, right? I understand that in New York, the, the expectation is championship or bust because of the Yankees and not really anybody else. But it's okay to live in the moment. It's okay to enjoy a game on December 13th. It's okay to enjoy a game on March 4th. It's okay to enjoy a game on January 29th. It's okay to enjoy the regular season. It's in, it's okay to enjoy the journey. And I, like everybody else, love to think about the next star down the line, but let's pay this team some respect and let's try our best to enjoy this team in the moment because last year we had a really special year and I think that this team is ready to build on it and they deserve – all of our players deserve our attention. So let's enjoy this season. I'm thinking this team's going to win the Atlantic – I'm not going to worry about the playoffs. I think they'll win one playoff series at least. But this Knicks team is going to be excellent, and I'm going to stand on that all year. You know something, um, Mensa? So, first of all, something that – well, okay, first of all, you're right about enjoying the regular season, and I think a lot of people that don't enjoy the regular season or poo-poo the regular season – is because they are like Lakers fans or Warriors fans who think the championship is coming every year. Or, to be real, there are people who are afraid to enjoy the things of the regular season and then get cooked on Twitter when they, when they don't win the title and they don't have any way to – they don't have any way to banter people. Um, case in point, um, something Chris said reminded me of the, of, of the Hawks of two years ago because the Hawks um, – Believe after their magical run to the Eastern Conference Finals, which they're still, um, which they're still hanging a banner for, they believed that. Oh well, next year. Well, this is our record after Lord Pierce took over. After Lord Pierce got fired, Damian Miller took over. So this is going to keep getting better. And I was like, okay. And the other thing they said was they made this joke about how they were saying they were the deepest team in the league. Now, clearly, we do know that, like. I'm not going to say, well, this is what the Knicks, well, this is what the Knicks did after the Josh Hart trade. So I'm just going to keep going. But to both of your points, the Knicks are like, at four to 10, they're as good as anybody in basketball from four to 10. And those are the players that you need. Well, you need eight guys to win a championship, but you need nine to 10 guys to get you through the season. When on nights where someone doesn't have it, someone's nicked up, there's an injury, someone's out. Like, and combined for a maniac coach who wants to win every single game in front of him, like, that Atlantic division is not a bad shot. Now, to your point, the Celtics can win the title because you need stars and they got a bunch of them, but that's not a bad shot at all. Um, the other thing I'm – the other thing I'm willing to say before we get out of here as I pull up my uh, FanDuel Sportsbook app is that I'm 99%, and you know what that means? When regular season when regular season games are dis, well, when tournament games are disguised as regular season games, Tom Thibodeau is going to go for it anyway. And I'm actually trying to see if I can see the odds on that. I'm just, they should the probably have gotten more profitable for the Knicks following the Lillard acquisition, if I had to make a guess. Um, also, you meant look. your sportsbook app of unknown name because no free promos. Oh, yeah, no free promos. So, Andrew, bleep, bleep that out. Um, yeah, no, <laughs> cut, cut, cut it. No, for real, cut it some checks, and then we'll run your, and then we'll, and then we'll mention your name, Andrew. Bleep, bleep that out. Um, I'm trying to see if I can. I'm trying to. I'm. I think it's like plus forty four hundred for them to win the in season tournament. But I'm not ex- I'm not 100% sure. So, all right. But anyway, it's okay. We can get out of here. Uh, oh, here we go. Uh, wait a minute. NBA Futures. All right. And uh, whatever. It doesn't matter. Uh, it doesn't matter. Uh, so, we'll see. Okay. So, that's all. Um, any last words before we get out of here? We, Mensa or, um, we, uh, we do have um, one guy, free daps for all, who has his hand up. I kind of want to honor that before we let him out. Oh, I didn't see. I was too busy. I was too busy looking at um, looking at uh, free daps for all. The floor is yours, my brother. Go ahead. Yo, yo, what up, y'all? What's going on? 
Hey, just wanted to I'm, I'm, uh, congratulate y'all for coming back. You know, I really enjoy this space. Uh, KFS uh, Study Hall, one of my favorite spaces. I enjoy uh, Casual Fridays, uh, Mensa's monologues. Last uh, year during the playoffs had me running through a wall. So, you know, every time I heard him speak on, on each game, I'm like hyped. It got me hyped for each and every game. Uh, so, you know, when I saw that bully and, and him hooked up for a, a space uh, this summer, it, it had me really excited. You know, you guys made a good combination. Uh, but uh, I just want to say uh, our chemistry and continuity is going to be our friend this year. These guys are going to be more acclimated with each other. Uh, so that is going to help us uh, go farther than what people realize. Uh, I'm a glass half empty type guy, so I'll go with a more conservative prediction of about 45 wins, fifth or sixth seed. Uh, but I'd like to be pleasantly surprised. I wouldn't be, uh, I wouldn't, it, it wouldn't catch me off guard if we make the third seed or so. But we'll see. You know, all in all, I watch every game. I watch, uh, I, I I watch like all the the shows, so you know uh, I'm not gonna be mad if we don't if if we don't make the playoffs. I'm, I'm I've I've enjoyed this team long enough, so you know I'm just here to enjoy the season. I'm looking forward to you guys' spaces and pods. So you know, keep doing your thing. Thank you so much, bro. Appreciate you. Appreciate the kind words. Appreciate the great energy. Thanks for coming in and closing us out. That's a pretty good closing pitch there. So thank you, man, and, and thanks for the love. Absolutely. Thank you for um for appreciating my craziness at all times. <laughs> I love this team gets me hyped up, man. So I'm happy I can get somebody else hyped up too. Appreciate you, appreciate you. Um and I know hopefully the Knicks can give you some um hopefully the Knicks can give you something to look forward to because after what your Miami Hurricanes pulled on on, on, on Saturday night, bro. Bro, don't even... Please, oh, my uh, God. Do not. <laughs> oh, my God. I am so stressed out, man. That is a team that stresses me out more than the Knicks, bro. Oh, it's been years. Bro. It's been more than... It's like I, I consider the Hurricanes like the, the, the Knicks of college football because it's been bullshit for the last 20 years. It's not even funny. And now we're like 4-0. I'm, I'm, the, the fan base is calm. Everybody's doing happy. And then for them to, to commit such blunder at, so late in the game when all they had to do is kneel the ball and go to 5-0 and and, and go up in rank had me livid. I could not believe it. And, and to top it off for, for ACC uh, refs to screw us like that when when Cheney was already down, his elbow was already down, and then to count that as a fumble, oh, my God, I couldn't believe it, guys. I'm This team has me uh, – you guys think that the Knicks pissed you off? I feel off? like I triggered you. I apologize. I apologize. You guys think that the Knicks pissed you off? The Miami Hurricanes, like, have me throwing shit in my house. So, oh, man, that's all I got One to day, say. So for those who don't know what we're talking about, just look up on the internet, Miami, Georgia Tech. Um, you'll know what we're talking about. Um, one to say, if we ever meet, I'm like, we're gonna have a conversation about Miami football because I'm I have a bunch of friends who are like hurricane fanatics, and they've been like every every other year. It's like this new year, Miami's back, yeah. and yeah, I just send a, I just send a picture of uh, Lucy holding the football. Um, every is. every single year, that's how it is. All right, so. Go ahead. <laughs> Go ahead. Uh, that's how it is, man. That's how it is. Our our fan base is really, you know, uh, braggadocious. They the kind of like uh, they're the same uh, fan base as the Dolphin fans. So I gotta like kind of step away sometimes. Uh, but you know, everybody likes to be hyped at the beginning of the year, and that's good and that, that fine. But you know, with my uh, with uh, Mario Cristobal. Uh, coming into the fold, becoming uh, the head coach, uh, uh, we were beginning to see more uh, transfers from other universities and and higher uh, uh, great athletes. So I'm hoping that they, you know they stop with the mistakes and and we have a better uh, season for the rest. Uh, have a, a better few games because we're going coming into conference play. We're going to play UNC coming up. So. Uh, and they, these guys, you, you, UNC and Kentucky, these type of teams, you know, they're not that good, but they always play Miami very hard. So 
we'll see what happens. Hopefully these guys aren't down on their luck and they come out strong the next few weeks. We will see how they do. And I can hear Andrew right now listening to this saying, like, wait, why? Is this a Miami football podcast? Uh, but um, appreciate you. Thank you to Mensa. Thank you for Chris. Thank you, on 95 Bully. Thank you, Free Daps. Thank you. Um, thank you, Kevin Danishevsky. Um, Don Cappuccini is on stage. Thank you to you. Um, is there anything you want to say you want to go for your chest before we get out of here? No. Oh. Hey, what's up, guys? Hey, uh, I haven't really been on uh, some time, and I really miss a lot of you guys. I haven't really been on Twitter, X, whatever you want to call it, in quite some time. So it's nice to get back into the swing of things. And I, uh, I, I watched, I watched the game. I'll be honest, though, if I knew that the Celtics starting five wasn't going to play, I probably would have just skipped out on it. But since I already bought the the stupid ten dollars for the MSG Pro. <laughs> I already was already stuck into it, but it was nice to still see him. I felt uplifting to see him back on the court, watching Jalen Brunson cook for even if it was just six minutes, just just alive as you know. I don't know any predictions or anything of that. I could go safe and probably say between I don't know forty five to forty seven wins, five or six, and maybe just keep my expectations low if. Those are the highest I'm going to keep them, and then, but also with the knowledge that there's a very good chance that they could definitely bust for that ceiling. And I guess that's the thing that probably gets me the most excited, that possibility that maybe what we saw them finish last year um, was just the uh, – they were just getting started. And possibly, you know, as tough as their schedule starts, as Jonathan has alluded to a lot, then maybe we will still come out with gangbusters thanks to our depth and health, and maybe we'll have a really exciting season, maybe even more than last year. So that's all. I'm really happy to catch up with you, a lot of you guys. See you guys on Super Chats. I, I won't be going as crazy as I have in the past years, but I'll still be there. And it's really, you know, it's really fun to get back into it and, and to have this available. So go Knicks. That's all I got. Thank you, man. We'll see you around. All right. You too, Chris. Thanks, Dom. Appreciate you. <laughs> so, well, all right, we can get out of here. I uh, said we're going to end at 7.30, 7.39. Uh, I got to figure out some dinner. But to um, so, again, shout out to Chris. Shout out to Mensa. Um, shout out to 95 Bully, Dom, Kevin Danishevsky, Free Daps. Thanks to everyone in the audience. I see Alice. I see Brian. I see Ben. Um, shout out to everyone that pulled up earlier. Nikki, appreciate you all. Um, we will be back probably this weekend. Um, you know, probably be back this Saturday. I don't know which 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 two of which two of us will be here, but either way, it's going to be a great show. Thank you. God bless you, and God bless the New York Knicks. <laughs> <laughs>